Well, it's time now for Tuesday Travel. It's, of course, The Right Hook with George Hook, and the man who does the travel is Moncon McGann. It normally takes us to pretty exciting places at home and abroad. Moncon, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. Where are we going today? I just thought we should turn towards Paris. Like if really? all, if a place needs our attention, needs our support now, why not? And it's sort of, it's a good excuse. A lot of people, I and mean, we've all been to Paris hopefully at one point and we all mean to go back but often don't. So like what better time to have an amazing holiday and to show our support? Yeah, that's interesting because for instance, schools have been told not to go on educational trips there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wondered whether you know, I would take my children there if I was going there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we uh, we play France in Paris uh, in February. We 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 go to France for soccer next year. So, like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go, and people are going to be thinking about it. But this is, if we weren't thinking about the last week or so. This is one of the great cities to visit. Exactly. And it keeps, it is in no way mothballed. It keeps on reimagining itself and become new sort of fresh angles to it. So, I mean, you know, the sort of, there are classic things one needs to do when one goes to Paris and we should sort of, we should like tick those off. But there's all these new elements. So the big thing is, you know, the beauty about Paris is it's a walkable city. And particularly even in two days, you know, it's beautifully divided by the sands. So there's the left bank and the right bank. And all the all the attention has so far, you know, in the past been on the Latin Quarter, the left bank, the south uh, side of the Seine. And it is beautiful. And there you'll find those wonderful medieval winding old um, roadways, you know, with palaces and mansions. But no, not in some sort of stuffy, um, locked-in history type of way. They're now... Um, ha- sort of housing tattoo parlours and creative artistic design settle- shops in under sort of baroque or medieval roofs. You'll have these hyper-creative, uh, you know, small startup start- companies. Start- what, of course, makes it, I think, is the fact it's such a livable city. Mm-hmm. Parisians live in Paris. They, I mean, there's, there is a struggle in recent years because the prices have gone up so much, yeah. which is the whole suburb issue. But yeah, no, there are still elements. And particularly like if we look on, you know, for a, a, like even a 15 minute um, bike ride or to walk beyond the centre. And it is very, it's affordable for a lot of people. So yeah, but what they've, they've managed to keep the creativity in the centre. The big change that has happened in the last maybe three years or since 2013 is this Berge de Seine. So do you remember there were the banks of the Seine and you could walk along them. There were nice promenades, but then there was a bloody big big motorway, you know, with 2,200 cars per hour passing through. They've got rid of that in one whole stretch. So that piece on the south bank between the Musée d'Orsay and the the Pont de Dalme, um, about almost three kilometres of it. They've banned the cars, okay? It's just like a vision of what we could do in Ireland. And in their places, they've put in football courts, they've put in under sort of old medieval arches, they've put in dance uh, sort of disco disco sets. They've put like basketball courts, hopscotch, paddleboard. Um, really? Yeah, backbanging. And there's constant, the Parisians are always using it, you know? So eat, every time, you can bring your own music disc on a sort of an MP3, your own music player, and play it in this outdoor disco with sort of mirrors and uh, stuck up on the, on, the, on the walls underneath the bridge. It's really beautiful. There's also, if you, if you think about it in time, like for an anniversary, there's four of these shipping containers, maritime shipping containers, okay, that have been done up into little sort of getaways, you know, with their own glass panels looking out over the, over the river and 
a wooden terrace and if you rent that in time you've got like a unique way of exploring like no one will ever get an accommodation like that and you can have a little party bring this is a there. boat no it's it's a shipping container just a metal container put, oh. on, put it on one of the banks of the river it's four of them there that are open for rent for whoever gets them first there's also these floating islands, metal islands, planted with the original vegetation that would have been there like 450 years ago. It's really well thought out. Like it's a, it's it's the I've example. I've missed all this. It's been a while since I've been. I've yeah. been there since uh, boo, uh, the World Cup of whenever. It's almost eight, yeah, eight years since I've been in Paris. Um, the the other uh, thing about this though is the walkability is crucial. I never, I walked everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, the beauty is, you know, then you remember our bicycle, um, free bicycle rentals in Dublin, our system, that came from Paris. They brought in in the Velo Libre, um, which anyone could, you know, pick up a bicycle and the rest, other cities around the world saw was possible and they they did it. But Paris wasn't happy to rest with that. They've now brought in the Auto Libre thing, which is basically you can rent a car for half an hour. So again, in 2012, they started with about 250 cars. They now have 2,000 cars, 400 car park space, all electric cars, these little white electric cars. Basically, the oldest city, you know, the oldest sort of um, classic city in, 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 in Europe is reinventing what the modern city will look like. So what you do, you just come with your driving license, you scan it, in the same way as, you know, tourists will come here and pick up a bike by scanning their bike, then you pay, I think it's about nine euros per half hour. Um, you know, for wherever you want to go and you just drop it in one of the parking places. A little electric car. Yeah, exactly. Now, nine euros for half an hour is slightly expensive, but if you're living in Paris, you pay 100 euros, okay, for the year, and then you're entitled to five euros per half hour. Imagine if we had that in Ireland. Anywhere, you can just pop, pop into a car, half, five, five euros, 50 cents will bring you wherever you want. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Anyway, so as you say, it's a very easy city to get around. If, when I'm starting with this... I'm bit, not sure where you got 50 cent from, but let's... Five euros and 50 cents. Oh, five euros and 50 cents. So, yeah. Okay, right, okay. If we're starting at that Berge des Seines, this new walkway, the Musée d'Orsay is worth going to. All that attention was, to, you know, always focused on the Louvre. The Louvre, it's really exhausting. It's just, it is so overwhelming as a museum when you go there and your school trip, that often turns people off Paris. They just drag through the Louvre. The Musée d'Orsay is a lot more accessible. You know, the paintings are more modern, but even sitting in that beautiful old, old um, building, you know, sitting on a marble bench looking at people. And now they've created this decking, this wooden decking outside the Musée d'Orsay looking out over the Seine. So it's a good place. So that is a museum. Otherwise try and go to some of the museums still on the left bank but out near the um, the, cemetery, the cemetery, Montparnasse, where Beckett is is buried, um, there's these foundations, the Cartier Foundation and the Henry Cartier-Bresson, who are in very modern buildings, constantly interchanging hyper-modern art, uh, like the Henry Cartier-Bresson's photo- photography. But the Cartier Foundation has these gorgeous Japanese, really cutting-edge art. Okay, now that all sounds great. I wouldn't be remotely interested in that. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not alone, right, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. people who don't want to go to museums yeah. and stuff. But the great church, the... The, the Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got to go there. Exactly. But it, it, the thing uh, about Paris, uh, which I hope you're going to cover, 
is eating and drinking and is a fantastic experience in France. Yeah, and I don't know, as you say, if you haven't been there for a few years, it has just really revolutionised itself again. Do you remember there was this talk that Paris, you know, you great France had great food except for Paris, that there was all these rude waiters and you just got the steak frites and they were overpriced and, and cold. That has changed entirely. There was a thing, up to seven years ago, you sort of just had to go to the creperies. That was all that was guaranteed yeah. to be good. Everything else was going to be overpriced and not as good as you'd get outside Paris. There is this thing that has happened... Uh, uh, in the last few years, this revolution of bringing high gourmand food to the local bistros, and it was it was um, spearheaded by one particular man, a sort of who's now he's the chef on Paris on France's master chef. His name is Yves Cam Cam Debord, and he, he he was he owns this restaurant, Le Relais Restaurant, very sort of cool restaurant. But right next door to it, he set up Le Comptoir, and again. You know, the other part of Paris was all Michelin restaurants that you book six, six, euro, six months in advance and everything came with a big silver cloche on top and very stiff waitering. Most of us don't want that. We don't want to put the um, handkerchief over our head as we eat tiny quail and dead, you know, endangered birds anymore. We want modern eating, which is what this one man is bringing, as he's calling it, bistronomy. So a mix between bistro food and gastronomy. And he's got this place, Le Comptoir, it's there's no booking, so it's just whoever turns. If you if you want to get there for lunch, you get there at twelve o'clock or twelve fifteen, and the meals are really simple, very cheap. So like very good smoked salmon croque monsieur will cost about ten euros. Salad with ten seasoned vegetables that he has put absolute thought into. That he knows exactly what farm the vegetables will cost. Cost about thirteen euros, and like that's right in the centre town. Dinner is more expensive and uh, does. Um, does require bo- booking, but lunchtime is definitely worth going to see. Like what's at the cutting edge of, of Parisian food. Otherwise, the markets, the markets are phenomenal. And there's some, you know, the way wherever we're talking about cities, we're talking about new tours. People are specialising in different elements. So there's a a company now, um, which Paris by Mouth. So it was originally a website, and it specialised in digging out the favourite food. So if it's bread, like if you want to f- find the very best sourdough bread baked in wooden ovens in basements that have been doing it since 1683, they have a tour for that. But probably the best one is the tour, the Taste of Saint Germain, Saint Germain de Prés. You know this very sort of rich area of galleries and art uh, down by the Seine. Um, they'll bring you to Le Marché Couvert, the old covered market, which you know has the very best, whatever's in season from the from the countryside, and then saucisson that are maturing slowly for years. Um, and there's this great place you got to go, Pierre Hermé. He's he's like the Picasso of pastries, just totally over the top, but really, really sort of uh, sophisticated macaroons and and. Uh, and where's and, this? Okay. This macaroons fella. This is all in that area of Saint Germain. So they'll bring you on a three-hour oh. tour. To the okay. cover, to to um, the, the other maybe. sad thing, of course, yeah. uh, about the atrocity, it was it was in Saint Denis, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic part of Paris. Yeah, yeah. So that whole sort of north side. Well, I mean, do, do most people assist, most people don't know that area unless you're going to a sporting fixture. You know the thing. There's more of these areas going out to um to the to sort of to the right bank and to sort of more out to the western and northern area we'll, you'll see whole other areas of Paris um, that are growing and particularly um, around that area of um, Bastille they've you know the way New York is they're giving so much attention now to the raised walkway whatever that, that, that um, what is it called the park on the bridge, anyway, in in New York. This whole they've great. They took an old train ride, a train line, and they put a park on it. Again, where was that invented? It was discovered by, in Paris first. Who did the same out just oh about a block away from the from Bastille Square, um, and uh, again they've planted the whole thing with tradition with sort of fruit trees. 
um, Promenade Plante, it's called, and it's four kilometres of, of parkway. You walk up the steps onto the bridge and then you're on this area. You're, you know, the, the rest of the city is below you. It's a great opportunity to peer into people's back windows because you're going on basically the fourth story of all those lovely uh, 19th century houses. Um, so it's beautiful. It's, and underneath them, there's all these art centres. Where where are you recommending I stay? Because I think I'm going to surprise you. But where are you? You probably booked me into the George Sank or something like this. <laughs> no, for a I thousand know. bucks a night I, or you, something. I, like that. Uh, I know. I, I I went straight for what I thought would most suit you, which was a former bordello in Pigalle. <laughs> uh, it's called Le Maison Souquet. It's near the Moulin Rouge, so which is, I presume that's all you want on your trip to Paris. And it's all these Belle Époque salons decorated just as they were in 19th century uh, courtesan time or courtesan time. Uh, so each one is named after a particular famous courtesan. And it costs 400 euros a night, which I'm not definitely going to pay you But, uh, but Pigalle is great though, because yeah, yeah. I mean now sort of uh, uh, dodgy nightclubs and all this, or every city in the world has them, whereas Paris was the first one, like you kind of went to Paris to see uh, partially undressed ladies. And certainly if you went there for a rugby match in the old days and you went down to Pigalle, you probably met every Irish person who had flown to Paris. Now that's kind of not the draw it was. But Pigalle remains like special Paris by night. The other thing I would recommend, and this comes from the lovely Ingrid and not from me, is not to go to any of the kind of famous hotels, but rather seek out a very traditional French hotel where you might be the only English-speaking person in the hotel. And then the breakfast is absolutely French. The the, the hotel bedroom is tiny, which is typically France, you know. All these kind of things. But you get a real French experience. I did it now with Ingrid in the Sorbonne. Yeah. And it was wonderful. In the Sorbonne, in the university, sort of university housing? Or I, no, no, just the area of the Sorbonne. Yeah. Fellow Hotel. Yeah, and you'll find these... fabulous. Exactly. It'll be a five, it could be a five-story building, and you might be in the attic, and there's just one room right at the top of the very windy stairs. Like, you have to be willing to drag your, your bags. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. But what I would like people to think, well, actually, a normal hotel. So, I, I mean, that the Le Maison Suquet is going to cost 400 euros, but in that Pigalle, the Grand Pigalle Hotel will cost less than half that, like 160 euros on a deal. L'Hotel, is a lovely but it was the last hotel that Oscar Wilde stayed in um, again it's on Rue des Beaux-Arts so just up from the Seine in this near Saint-Germain uh, it'll cost it cost more it'll cost about 300 euros but if it is an anniversary but what I'd love for people to stay more in is the Irish centre the Centre Culturel Irlandais you know since Napoleon gave us our very own centre our own building on the, Rue, on the Rue des Irlandais and we've had it for the last 250 years and there's these buildings like a lot of students on Erasmus year will stay there but you can now go there and get for a month in Paris for 900 euros. That's 30 euros a night. You're Are staying you you're staying right in the heart of the Latin Quarter in a most beautiful 250-year-old building. We have our own, the Irish church there, beautifully painted uh, sort of 18th century church. And above it is this library with the finest, we own it, us taxpayers own this, okay? And it is the finest collection of English language manuscripts from the 15th century right up until the 19th century in Europe. Because so you remember when the when we were when the Catholic Church was under threat in Ireland, we sent all of our beautiful books, all of our valuables, out to this one building in Paris where Napoleon and the sort of the Church in France promised it would be safe, and the Scottish did the, the same. Napoleon intermingled them all, the libraries, into one collection, which is why we have this 
phenomenal collection. But the building is just beautiful. Now, if you go there for just one night, it's expensive. Well, it's 90 euros a night. That's actually still nothing. But the thing is, you go there for a month and it's 30 euros a night. And it's phenomenal. Like, you'll never get... It's right beside um, Saint Michel. Beautiful area. Beside the Pantheon. You haven't mentioned the Eiffel Tower. Would you still go to the Eiffel Tower uh, yeah, if you I would. went to France? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the thing to right. go is to get there for that blue hour, that magical evening time hour where they say the city has this this sort of l'air bleu, uh, where everything just lights up. And the thing, the trick is, you know, it is still a feat. It is still the tallest building in Paris, which is, you know, just the respect they show for their monuments. What is it, 1,000, over 1,000 feet tall. The, the choice is whether to take the, the the elevator up for 15 euros 50 cents or walk for a fiver you know the thing is to walk because what you want to do you want to delay your trip you arrive in the evening time okay see this beautiful blue light you walk you walk you walk and you get up for one of those hour upon the hour when all the lights when the 20,000 light bulbs illuminate the building the, the Eiffel Tower on all four sides and you know that that's the moment wherever you are in Paris you look up at the Eiffel Tower you see it suddenly um, illuminate and it's lovely to know that you're on that building and everyone is looking up and you're there wow. when they're looking up. It's a sort of a nice concept. Yeah. One thing, if you don't have a penny, a gorgeous way of going to Paris is to stay in Shakespeare and Company. You know Shakespeare and Company, the very famous bookshop right across from Notre Dame, right across the, the Seine on the south side. Notre Dame is all just on the north. And this is, the original Shakespeare and Company was the famous um, bookshop that published Ulysses, that took this huge... Um, this huge gamble you know Joyce had spent years and years writing this unpublishable book that was down denounced as um, as disgusting as unpublishable she took the chance and then and then this wonderful man George um, George Whitman uh, uh, who was a sort of uh, with the American army in the Second World War freed Europe didn't want to freed Europe didn't want to go back to America set up this one bookshop with one concept he decided that Everyone should try and read. Every, you know, what reading does to you will expand your mind. So he set up a free library upstairs. And it, basically he knew Beckett. He knew all of the greatest writers that came through and they all left him books. So there's a phenomenal free library upstairs. And then all around is this labyrinth of bookshelves with, with phenomenal books to be read. But he had this one idea that be not in his spot inhospitable to strangers lest they be angels in disguise. Okay, So any book lover who turned up in his shop who didn't have a bed, who didn't have food, he fed them and he'd allowed them roll out their roll mat and sleep on the floor of the bookshop. Of the bookshop? Yeah, they're still doing that. 50 years later, there have now been up to 50,000 people. Like every great writer or student or artistic idealist has at some point stayed there uh, and slept. And what you do is you you help out a bit stacking books, you know, and then you sleep at night. You're, the only onus on you that George set and now his daughter Sylvia sets is that you read one book a day. That's all they want from you. And in return, you can have your free accommodation. It's So basically, you know, there's, uh, there's always a demand. So you just turn up there and you talk to Sylvia. And if she thinks you're going to fit in, she'll allow you to stay a night, two nights, three months. You know, I have to way. tell you, for those of you who have never seen Moncon began, I would imagine when Moncon arrived in front of Sylvia, she immediately gave him the bed on the basis <laughs> that he was uh, homeless, hungry and unwashed. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, shopping is important. There's Very. Two, yeah. Um, two things. First, all the big the big the big shops. You know, the department stores, Galerie, Galerie Lafayette. People don't realise every tourist is entitled to ten percent off. You just go there with your passport. You they scan it when they get to the you know the reception desk and they'll give you a voucher. Galerie Lafayette yeah. is fab. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. 
And in that whole area around Rue Houseman has a load of different shops. And the same thing applies in, in sort of all those, uh, in all in all, all the shops. The other one, Printemps, you'd, it's not your passport. You'd pick up a map. But every, you'll see there's these free maps of Paris and on it is a voucher and you're entitled to 10%. But, but Rue Houseman's a great spot. Yeah, it's like it's just a big, nasty, the the, the main centre for, uh, for, for, for sort of big shops. Like the thing is to go find some of the littler shops as well around the Latin Quarter. Like Derole, which is specialised in panther skeletons and skins and rhino heads and tortoise shells and other sort of rare elements of taxidermy or Sir Trudon which since the 17th century has been providing candles to the aristocracy so basically when Louis XIV wanted his candles he went to Sir Trudon they're still making them today these sort of time these sort of things are expensive but to go into a boutique like that uh, you know, is what Paris has that you're not going to find anywhere else. All right. Um, there's a great restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you say George Centre, they'll really look after you. <laughs> but not George Hook, mm. George Hamilton, the great soccer commentator. Mm-hmm. And uh, George, you say, George sent me, he'll look after you. It's called the Two Ducks. Mm. Le Deux, what's a duck? Canard. Yeah, Les Deux Canards. And it is fabulous. Mm. You love it. They've no menu, of course. Your man comes over and he talks you through it. But, of course, he's French and it's fabulous and it's a great night. George Hamilton took me there. We walked in and we were treated, you know, magnificently. Because every time George does a match in Paris, he goes to Les Deux. Uh, there you have it, Paris on the right hook, Tuesday travel with our man, Moncon McGann.